Welcome to Right Royal Roundup with Carolyn Cash. The show that keeps you updated with what's happening in the world of royalty, from the British royal family through to the aristocracy and current events from around the royal world. Hello and welcome to Right Royal Roundup with Carolyn Cash. Coming up on today's show, we talk to Australian Monarchist League's media spokesperson, Mark Salmon, about the forthcoming royal visit. On Right Royal Roundup, time now for a British royal family update. News and views from Buckingham Palace. Kensington Palace has released an official photo of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge with Prince George for Mother's Day in the United Kingdom. The photo was taken through a window of apartment 1A Kensington Palace by renowned photographer Jason Bell. He also took the official christening photos of Prince George last year. Prince George was wearing a pale blue personalised jumper which was a present from his grandfather Prince Charles. Or as some have suggested, that the photos of a cute baby Prince George is a not-so-secret weapon against republicanism down under. Prince William has said that Prince George is now crawling and his first milk tooth had come through. This photo has been released prior to their trip to Australia and New Zealand. This will be the first time the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and Prince George will be travelling together as a family. Further details of the Royal Itinerary can be found on our website at www.rightroyalroundup.com.au Visit Right Royal Roundup on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Right Royal Roundup. Or you can check out our website, rightroyalroundup.com.au. A recent claim in the United Kingdom is that Prince Harry's girlfriend, Cressida Bonus, is related to former Prime Minister Sir Winston Churchill. Cressida is Winston's first cousin, three times removed, and is also descended from the Dukes of Marlborough. However, Winston isn't the only Prime Minister hiding up in Cressida's family tree, as Augustus Fitzroy, the third Duke of Grafton, was Prime Minister from 1768 for 15 years. Cressida's great-grandfather was famous aristocratic racing car driver Francis Curzon, 5th Earl Howard, who won Le Mans 24-hour race in 1931. Another of Cressida's Curzon ancestors, Richard Curzon Howe, the first Earl Howe, was also Princess Diana's great-great-grandfather. That makes Prince Harry and Cressida fourth half-cousins once removed. Speculation still rages whether a royal engagement will happen soon, We've talked that Prince Harry will take Cressida to Balmoral this summer for her first formal meeting with the Queen. Only time will tell. Welcome to Right Royal Roundup with Carolyn Cash. Now crossing live to the throne. Prince Philip was in fine form when he accompanied the Queen to open the new Rambert Dance Studios last week. 
after he saw some pensioners in their 70s and 80s performing an energetic piece and the 92-year-old commented that the dancing looked exhausting. The Queen and Prince Philip met members of a community group called the Mercury Movers when they were given a guided tour of the new £20 million building on London's South Bank. One pensioner said dancing helped keep her fit and it was fun and it was social. A leading dance company, the Rambert Dance Studios, had moved from Chiswick to its new purpose-built premises on the South Bank. The Queen and Prince Philip hosted a reception for the Irish community who have made a contribution to British life in business, community and culture on Tuesday the 25th of March. The Princess Royal, Vice Admiral Sir Timothy Lawrence, the Duke of Kent and the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester also attended. Guests included U2's Bono, One Direction's Niall Horan, fashion designer Orla Keeley and fishmonger Pat O'Connell who were among the 350 guests at Buckingham Palace. The Queen will host Irish President Michael Higgins for a state visit at Windsor Castle from the 11th to the 18th of April. This will be the first by an Irish President. However, Niall Horan thanked the Queen for hospitality on Twitter saying it was an honour to be there. In Norway, Crown Princess Met Marit boarded the literature train on the Nordland Line on Tuesday and Wednesday. The royal carriage was filled with books as it travelled between Bodo and Seordial. The Crown Princess said she could not imagine her life without books and that she had been reading since she was a little girl. However, Crown Princess Met Marit said there was not very many good books written for adolescents while she was growing up. Crown Princess Met Marit wanted to share her love of reading and to inspire others to share theirs. Many shared their experience on Twitter using hashtag Minbok about reading books and recommendations. For any royal information heard on today's show, check us out at rightroyalroundup.com.au. Right Royal Roundup tonight, we have Mark Salmon, who is a media spokesperson for the Australian Monarchist League. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you for having me. I believe you became a monarchist at a very young age, and what made you become interested in becoming a monarchist? Well, I first started becoming interested in the monarchy because of my mother, who was also a monarchist. Uh, she was interested in following what the royal family were doing. However, my interest, I guess, intensified during the Republican debate because in the referendum it was the first time I could vote and I wanted to take it very seriously and I researched both sides. The more I looked into it, the more stable I thought the constitutional monarchy is and that's why I'm a monarchist now. Yes, and how long have you been involved with the um, Australian Monarchist League? It would be two years now. Yes. As a membership officer with the forthcoming royal visit, what are you looking forward to about William and Kate visiting Australia? I'm looking forward to seeing the Duchess of Cambridge's first view of Australia and her first interactions with Australians. I think that uh, she will love the place and will want to return, and I'm really looking forward to that introduction. Yes, I wonder if someone will present her with a packet of Tim Tams. <laughs> that sounds very appropriate. Yes, I think believe somebody did that with Prince Charles a couple of years ago. Because you were very actively involved when Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall came out in 2011. That's correct. And liaising a lot with the media. And also the Australian Monarchist League are developing a new app to let members know when and where to see the royal couple and possibly Prince George. That's right. And hopefully that app will be ready in next week. 
and it will tell people where to see the royal couple and give reminders just before they get there. So what are your plans? Are you planning to mainly stay in Sydney, go to Canberra or mainly hopefully go up to Brisbane as well? Uh, at the moment, my plans are to stay around Sydney and the Blue Mountains, but I would like to get down to Canberra as well, especially for such a moving service that they have down there for Anzac Day. Yes, because they're also attending St Andrew's Cathedral on Easter Sunday. So I can imagine the church is going to be very packed, usually because it's Easter Sunday as well as Royal Visit. That's true. Two significant events occurring at the same time. Yes, and the Duke and Duchess are also flying to Uluru and they're flying up to Brisbane. Yes, they're going to see um, a couple of parts of the country, not as much as, say, the Queen did on her first tour of Australia. But it will be a great way for the Duchess to see parts of the country and then, as an introduction, then come back another time to see some more. Yes, well, we do hope that she and William return, especially as um, William has been here before because he was here a few years ago visiting flood victims up in Queensland and also in Victoria, I believe. That's correct. And at the time, he even said that one of the things he wanted to do was bring his then fiancé and and now wife to see Australia because he enjoyed his time here so much. Yes. And do you think the with the forthcoming royal visit, that's increased membership with the Australian Monarchist League? Have you had many young people... Well, young people make up a majority of our membership. There seems to be a very large increase in monarchists amongst the age group of 25 to 35. And that is seen to be the Will and Kate factor, the fact that young people can see them and sympathise with them and understand them and connect with them. And also with Prince George, I think he's going to, he'll be a real star attraction. Oh, definitely. And I think any new addition to the royal family feels like an addition to your own. Yes, and there was the photo taken last weekend for Mother's Day in the UK with Prince William, Kate and uh, baby George and with the dog. Yes, it was a very adorable photo and shows young Prince George looking at the dog with much affection. Yeah, so he's obviously going to be a dog lover when he grows up. Up, possibly. <laughs> like uh, many members of the royal family. Oh, yes, and probably maybe like Grandma's Corgis as well. Oh, well, I hope the cor- he's careful around the Corgis. They uh, they have a habit of biting. Yes, a bit of a worry, but then I think most kids need to be careful around animals. Definitely. Yes. If the royal couple could go anywhere in Australia, well, where would you like to see them rather than their planned itinerary? Where would your choice for them to visit would be? I don't think I'd have one particular spot because Australia is so large and so diverse. I think that they would need to see more than what they're seeing now. I couldn't just pick one place. There are such beautiful places like the Great Barrier Reef that I think that they should see. There is Kings Canyon. There is Perth and Melbourne and all these places, Darwin, Kakadu, all these places together make up Australia. It's so hard in one short visit to see all of them. Yeah, especially a rush trip because there was an article saying with the monarchy, also a lot of the New Zealand the monarchists, they've also attracted a lot of members as well. Yeah, yes, Monarchy New Zealand seems to be going very well, and as a sister organisation, we wish them well. Yes, also believe that Kate and William will be touching down in Sydney before they fly off to Wellington, and then they've got a day they're resting after they arrive in New Zealand. I see, I hadn't heard that they were stopping through Sydney. Yes, I, um, my source revealed that they'll be having a brief stop. They'll get a brief view of us before they have their official visit. Yes, wonder if anybody will be going out to the airport to see whether them change planes. Well, Well, unfortunately, it would be a very short view, I think, and not many people will make that trip, especially when they're going to be spending so much more time later in the week. Yes. 
also the royal couple, they will be visiting Surf Life Saving Display at Manly. They're also visiting the Bilby Enclosure at Taronga Zoo. Mm-hmm. And maybe Prince George come along, see the Bilbies, seeing the enclosures named after him. Yes, which is a very nice thing to do, something what the royal family has long been interested in conservation, and the Bilbies are definitely under threat. So naming the Bilby Enclosure after a member of the royal family is very nice. Also, with the royal couple going and seeing the Surf Lifesavers, that would be a bit of history repeating. There's been a long connection with the royal family and the Surf Lifesavers. Yes, I wonder if Tony Abbott be there as Prime Minister or as, his, as in his role as a Surf Lifesaver. <laughs> and I guess we might even see his famous red Speedos. Yes, that'll be quite interesting, wouldn't I? being there to see to witness that (laughs) and it's good because we have a prime minister who's a monarchist that's true and we're very glad to be in that situation where we can have someone who is not trying to change the country behind everyone's back yeah and what do you think about tony abbott bringing back the knighthoods and damehoods even though it's the order of australia not an imperial order yes it is the order of australia which is an australian honor some members of the media have incorrectly labeled it as an imperial honor but it's an australian honor in the order of australia i believe that it should never have been taken out back in i believe it was 1986 I believe that the knighthood should have always been there to honour great Australians and give them a title that shows the world how much we respect them. Yes, I believe people have suggested that Governor Murray Bashir should be nominated for a damehood, seeing she's done a wonderful job as Governor of New South Wales for the past few years. I would definitely agree that Professor Marie Bashir is highly respected by a majority of Australians and I believe that she is well deserving of becoming a dame. Yes, and whoever takes over as governor after Marie Bashir, he's going to have a very big shoes to fill. Oh, definitely. She's such a gracious lady and very dignified, but also very open and able to talk to anyone. A great ambassador for the people of New South Wales. Yes, so do we have any idea who the next governor of New South Wales will be? Some people have suggested maybe Prince William. I've heard that Prince William would be interested in fact, but I don't don't believe that we'll get a member of the royal family as a governor. However, who knows until they make the official announcement. Yes, although we did have a royal governor-general back during World War II. That yeah, was the Duke of Gloucester. Yes, Prince Henry. He was at Yarralumla. He was only here for two years, but the president is there to have a member of the royal family as a governor or governor-general. Uh, and it would be a great honour. And in fact, the current Duke of Gloucester, the son of the Duke of Gloucester, who was the governor-general, asked the Australian government to be governor-general. He really wanted to do the job. Unfortunately, the Australian government took the line that they wanted an Australian to fill that role at the time, which was a great disappointment to the Duke of Gloucester. I can imagine. And also the current Duke of Gloucester, he's also the patron of the Richard III Society. And there's a picture of him on the British monarchy's Facebook page where he's literally eyeballing the reconstructed head of Richard III, being the Duke of Gloucester, meeting the Duke of Gloucester. So it'd be amazing to look history in the face like that. Yes, and of course they don't seem to be letting poor old Richard lie in peace the legal wrangles over what's happening where they're going to bury him Mm. um, which is sad because I don't think Richard would particularly care where he's buried now Very true. I think it's very unfortunate that they are having this debate. In my opinion the final decision where he's buried should be up to the Queen and and then there'd be no debate at all. Yeah, preferably Westminster Abbey because that's where his wife is buried but Um, they're not sure where but Westminster Abbey is awfully full. That's true. However it would be nice for him to be with his family. Yeah, because his brother is buried at Windsor, so that was another option. His son's buried in Yorkshire, so he's sort of scattered all over the place. Would be nice if he was buried next to his wife. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. Thanks very much for your time, Mark, and hopefully we'll talk soon. I look forward to it. 
Thanks, Mark. Thank you. That was Mark Salmon from the Australian Monarchist League. For more information, visit their website at www.monarchist.org.au or visit the Australian Monarchist League on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. Alternatively, visit our website, www.rightroyalroundup.com.au and click on Podcast 4. On Right Royal Roundup, we now go back in time for some Right Royal Regal History. Since our interview last week with Rachel Allerton from the Richard III Society of New South Wales, a couple of academics claim the bones found in a Leicester Council car park are not those of the last Plantagenet King, despite the University of Leicester running several tests on the remains. Professor Michael Hicks and Professor Martin Biddle from the University of Winchester have raised concerns regarding DNA testing, radiocarbon dating and damage to the skeleton. Professor Hicks said the DNA testing could be from any of Joan Beaufort, Richard III's grandmother, as mitochondrial DNA is traced through the maternity line. Joan Beaufort had 16 children, so she was a common ancestor of most of the nobility who fought during the Wars of the Roses. Professor Biddle points out that the skull was damaged during the excavations and was later replaced more or less where it seemed to have been. He claims Richard's lower legs were moved by a mechanical digger, not an undefined Victorian disturbance which was supposed to be responsible for losing Richard's feet. He said the material regarding the dig was not found in the public domain. However, the University of Leicester have hit back, saying the identification was made using different sources of evidence, including information from John Rouse, a former friend of Richard III's, and the injury sustained on the skeleton. Professor Lynn Foxhall said most of the evidence for identifying Richard's body is available on the University of Leicester's website, and they were in the process of publishing the results of their research in various academic journals during the next few months. However, a major refurbishment of Leicester Cathedral has been given the go-ahead to allow the reburial of Richard III. At the moment, three judges are in deliberations whether Richard III would be buried in Leicester Cathedral or in York. Are the British ever going to let this poor bloke ever rest in peace? Visit Right Royal Roundup on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Right Royal Roundup. Or you can check out our website, rightroyalroundup.com.au. Best April Fool's gag was Channel 7 Sunrise with Laurie Lawrence and Rob Jobson with their story about the Commonwealth Games changing the name back to the British Empire Games. However, a New Zealand coach company produced a media release on YouTube claiming the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and Prince George would be travelling on one of their coaches especially fitted out for the royal visit as an April Fool's joke. Another royal April Fool's joke was printed in Britain's The Sun newspaper claiming the Queen had allowed fracking to take place behind Buckingham Palace. To see the pictures and video clips, visit www.rightroyalroundup.com.au and click on Podcast 4. That's all we have for this week. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to your company next week. You've been listening to Right Royal Roundup with Carol and Cash. Tune in next week for more of the latest royal news from around the world. 
And don't forget to like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Right Royal Roundup or visit our website, rightroyalroundup.com.au.